0: Sirup a cup of ambition and, and try to come to life. the and the blood out on the
1: streets. The traffic starts jumping, and folks like me on the job from 9 to 5. Nine to, five. What to Hello morning. and welcome to the 9 to 5 Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Jarrett McKay, joined by the regular panel of Elliot Good, Robbie Comer, and Ty Comer. We have a lot to discuss in this week's episode, including who our favorite teams added this weekend in the NFL draft, some way-too-early fantasy football talk, and the NBA playoffs. But for some reason, we will begin our show with the franchise that is the Cleveland Browns. The Browns selected Oklahoma's Baker Mayfield with the number one overall pick and took Ohio State's Denzel Ward with the number four overall pick. So guys, here's the question. Without a single down of professional evidence, did the Browns finally get it right? Elliot, let's start it off with you.
2: I'm going to say no on this one, Jarrett. Uh, I think they reached on both picks here, especially Baker
1: Mayfield. Right. Uh,
2: as as we've said before, I think Sam Darnold was the safer pick. Um, I think they could have taken Saquon Barkley number one and then gotten Baker Mayfield number four. I
1: agree with you there.
2: Um, I would have also taken Bradley Chubb over Mr. Ward. I don't see him as a lockdown corner. I think he's a very good corner, probably the best corner in the draft, but I believe Bradley Chubb will be the better long-term investment here. Yep. Um, I still think Saquon Barkley should have won number one here. He's the best player. He's going to have the biggest impact. I just I don't see Baker Mayfield making it in the NFL. I think he's Johnny Manziel 2.0, mm. and I think this exemplifies why bad teams stay bad, the Cleveland Browns.
1: Right, and I really wasn't expecting. Uh, I mean, I knew some people would go to Johnny Manziel with the route of, I know, the attitude thing, um, but I didn't, I didn't know it would be brought up so early. Uh, going in order, I guess we'll swing around to Ty to see your thoughts on the Browns.
0: Yeah, basically exactly what Elliot said. I think they reached on both. Everything we heard from just about every uh, expert, as as they call them, uh, would would put Bradley Chubb as the second best player in the draft, right behind uh, behind Saquon Barkley. And with the team needs that aligned in those first four picks, they had a chance to have both of them. They didn't take. Uh, saquon w- with the first one and especially as a skins fan I would have loved to see him not in the NFC East as uh, I I'm sure the whole you guys there you know, oh, yeah I would have much rather seen him go there but um, you know they they're seven they were seventeenth in opponent passing yards per game last year so I know what they're thinking they're thinking we need to shut down corner when in actuality like putting Chubb with Miles Garrett would have been a nightmare for opponents uh, offensive lines uh, but now I mean that Nightmare is just going to shift over to whoever Denver's playing with Nick Chubb and Von Miller. Absolutely. Uh, so, but the thing that me and Elliot talked about while you guys were gone, you never know. Like, it it could turn out that the Browns made two perfect picks. It could turn out that Baker Mayfield isn't. We're not giving him that benefit
1: time. of the doubt, though.
0: Oh no, no. Not we're after not.
1: the history that the Browns have had drafting, especially quarterbacks, the infamous jersey we all know about that one. So.
0: No, they, they definitely made the risky pick here, which right. is stupid. And I thought, personally, that they would try to distance themselves from anything having to do with Johnny Manziel. Um, yeah, Baker's a little bit more talented, I guess you could say, than Johnny was. But it just seems like John, Johnny Manziel 2.0.
1: Okay, so another Manziel comparison, uh, another person in our table that agrees with the reach. Rob, are you going to give us our first, uh, our first agreeance pick with the Browns?
3: I really don't know about Baker. Um, I don't trust him. I would have taken Darnold. Um I would have definitely taken Chubb, no matter what at the second pick, or the fourth pick, their second pick. You just have to pair him and Miles Garrett up for the next twelve to fifteen years. They're probably both gonna be all pros. It's just common sense. But they say their offensive coordinator, they got they just hired Todd Haley, that he really likes a mobile quarterback that likes to get the ball out quick. Um, Baker's really athletic. Won the Heisman. Tore it up at Oklahoma, but I'm not sure his game's going to translate to the NFL like Johnny's. He's. I don't think he's as much of a character concern as Johnny, but it's flashes there that you can see.
1: Right. So, obviously, when we talk about the character of Mayfield, I, I, I'm sure that everyone here is thinking of the incident with the uh, police video of him. Yes. Uh, avoiding arrest there. Uh, being I think about way more than that
0: too. I think about uh, you know the grabbing of the crotch. You know, look, you know you're, you're Baker Mayfield. You know that you are going to be on camera just about all game from right. some angle. We do
1: celebrate Marshawn Lynch for the for the crotch grab.
0: Right? I'm, I, that's a whole different story. I'm not quite sure why we talk so highly about Marshawn Lynch. When because it's Marshawn Lynch. It is Marshawn it's Lynch. It's Marshawn so Lynch. To to Lynch. Baker's
3: how. also made incidents in the middle of opposing teams' fields. Yeah. As he has, so, but is that I
0: really think. that
1: big of a problem? I say
3: I enjoyed that one. I thought that was a I liked it. I liked it, Lynch. but it's, it could be a turnoff for some Are those issues, though,
1: could be. that big of a deal? Like, What issue bothers you the most about Baker Mayfield?
0: It would definitely be the drunken public. The video, definitely. but
1: you said that that's not the only thing you think about. That's when not the only thing I think about
0: when it, when we talk about his character issues. I, I'm just saying that – and I'm not saying that there are any other players that uh, that don't do that out there too. You just got to know that you're Baker Mayfield. You are the best quarterback. You're the Heisman. You're the best player in college football. The attention's already on you all the time. right. So, you got to know and you, you can't you can't get fired up against, against a team like Kansas. Kansas. <laughs> hey, but the disrespect.
3: Yeah. No handshake. Yeah, and
0: he had disrespect. To, come on. Oh, disrespect and uh, all. But don't tell but me Kansas. don't tell me it
1: wasn't funny when he turned around and told them what what did he say? Something about go cheer for basketball or something. I mean
3: Oh, I like all that. I'm just not I'm not as concerned with the character issues as I am the game translating to the NFL level. Right.
1: I think that this risk is big because of where they selected him more so that whereas when they took Johnny Manziel, I yeah. thought that was just a big risk in well, what so, was Johnny No Manziel, matter where like, you
3: take it.
1: First round there, correct?
0: Yes. Hugh yeah. Jackson also said that he's starting at third on the death chart. Oh, I think Tyrod Baker Mayfield? Taylor think think, Mayfield starting I think, at third. Your number one overall pick's going to start
3: at third overall on the depth chart. Yeah, track. that'll change. I think Tyrod's going to start week one. He certainly has strong competition there. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's definitely going to be moving to two
0: over Deshaun Kaiser as soon as he steps Absolutely. foot on the field. Deshaun Kaiser was a disgrace.
1: Am I am I mistaken in saying he had the lowest QBR last year? Twenty two
3: interceptions.
0: I know that for sure. Well,
1: yeah, you know
3: and zero wins. You yeah. know something's wrong when your coach Brian Kelly comes out and says he left too early.
1: All right. So I'm going to continue to make this show uh, boring by agreeing with the rest of the three panelists. Uh, I say unless the Jets, unless they knew the Jets were going to take him, Cleveland definitely reached for Baker Mayfield. I said this last week. I'm going to say it again. You take the best player in the draft when you're Cleveland because your needs are everywhere. You have a need at every position, and even Joe, even left tackle because of Joe Thomas. I thought Saquon Barkley was not only the best player in the draft. I thought he was the safest pick in the draft. They should have took Barkley first and took whatever quarterback was available later. Robbie has a point that's saying if you have a quarterback that you absolutely love, you go get him now. I'm okay with that, but in Cleveland's position, I think that out of Rosen, Allen, Mayfield, Darnold—one of those quarterbacks was going to be there if you took Barkley first. So you go ahead and take him, and take whatever quarterback is there later. I don't think anybody would have had a problem with that. And obviously, if Mayfield flops, this is going to be what they talk about in this draft.
0: You know what that reminds me of, Jerry? It reminds me of you got all of these good guys coming after the beautiful girl. You know, Josh Allen probably not one of your good guys after uh, we yeah. surfaced on him. Yeah, but uh, you got Rosen and and Darnold. They're the safe picks. They're not going to break apart. Right. And then you got Baker Mayfield standing back in the corner saying, Hey, baby, if you want to ride in my nice car, That's you right. can come on. Back. And it worked. And it works every time, just like in real life, it works every time. Yeah, swinging for the home run. That's
1: right. Um, but I, again, after taking Mayfield, I think you should have taken Chubb to pair with Miles Garrett. I mean, we have a, a special guest on later in the show, uh, one of our good buddies, big Steelers fan. And I know he was – usually when you come up against the Browns, it's like, oh, my gosh, we got another bye week this week. This is two – we've got a bye week, and we've got two Browns games a year. That's basically three weeks we don't have to worry about a loss. You play against Miles Garrett and the Chubb kid twice a year. That's a little bit of a different story. But now you go after a corner, a pretty good corner, Denzel Ward out of Ohio State. I can't argue with the talent there, but I think it was another reach. So two reaches and four picks. Going up and getting a corner when, in my opinion, pass rushers are always more more important than the corners and the secondary themselves. And if you ask me, do I think that they made the right move? I I don't know. We're not going to know because, like I said, no training camp, no downs of football yet. We're not going to know this until maybe years down the road. They don't get the benefit of the doubt for me. So if I I don't agree with their picks...
3: No. But I hope they prove us wrong because I would like to see the Browns improve finally. Yeah,
4: me too.
1: So let's finally get off of the Cleveland Browns. Since if uh, Hopefully none of our listeners have turned this show off because we've talked about the Browns too long. Let's move on to uh, a little bit more of a prestigious franchise, as much as that pains me to say. Uh, the New York Giants. So, Elliot, did they make the right move by taking Barkley uh, with the second pick? I hate to see it uh, as a Dallas fan. So, what are your thoughts?
2: As a Redskins fan, I also hate to see it. Uh, we have been terrorized by opposing running games for the last 5, 10, 15 years, as long as I've been watching them. But, yes, to answer your question, the Giants did make the right pick. Um, as I've said, I would have taken him number one. So, if you're sitting there at number two, he falls into your lap, you run you're, to the podium You take him. You take him. Um, as far as a team fit, a schematic fit, I don't know if it's the greatest thing because you've got an aging quarterback in Elon Manning – uh, you got a poor offensive line.
1: Well, doesn't a new young running back, especially with his talent, help take some of that pressure off of him?
2: Yes, it does, and I think they'll find creative ways to get him the ball instead of just running downhill with their weak offensive line. Kind of like a David Johnson in Arizona, they'll get him the ball in space. He'll be a touchdown machine, I believe. Um, I think, going back to that, his talent will overcome that offensive line. It will make them look better than they are. Um, he's... He's just a great player, man. As as I've said, he's the best player in the draft. So I think they made the right move.
1: All right, Ty, what's your thought on the Giants' pick of Saquon Barkley? I'm sure it's uh, not too happy as it is. Yeah, I'm not Same excited. For us. I'm really excited.
0: I can't be excited about you know going up against him two times a year, uh, especially when uh, one of the few skins wins last year was uh, against the Giants. Um, but definitely the right pick. He's the best player in the draft. you you got to take him. Uh, he's he's going to help out that aging quarterback you talked about, Elliot. And and I think you can't undersell the pick of Kyle Lalletta, the quarterback out of Richmond. Right. I even made that myself. Yeah, I, I don't think you can undersell that. I think at some point, Lalletta, unlike the Davis Webb kid or David Webb, whatever his name is, I don't think Webb is the future. I think Lalletta – could possibly turn out to be a really, really good quarterback for the future of the New York Giants. So you
1: think this is possibly the next step after Eli Manning is this kid from Richmond?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, and if you'd ask who made the best overall drafts of, of the entire uh, of the entire league, I'd have to put the Giants up there.
1: Oh, I, I, I have that same note as well. I think they addressed exactly what they needed in this draft. I'll get to that later in my point. Um Unless you have anything more important further about the Giants, Rob, your opinion on what the what the Giants did this year in the draft.
3: I don't know if it's the right pick or if it's the sexy pick for the Big Apple. It could probably be both. I'm going with the sexy pick for this whole fact that... Because you're I'm, the sexy pick. That's right. That's but right. I'm not sure I believe in an offensive line that ever starts Eric Flowers. But they've ad- they addressed that. Oh, they I'm going to get to that one, but... I, lo- I love the pick of Will Hernandez out of UTEP. He's a good very pick. highly yep. rated offensive lineman. He will help the Barkley pick. It, it can't hurt, but I don't. I don't think it's good for the long term success because you have Eli. He's got two years left, in Max. He's dangerously. He's dangerous with the football. He throws into tight coverage. It could be. More opened up if Des goes up there and pair him with Beckham and Sterling Shepherd and Barkley. It could be a very explosive offense. Absolutely you, with especially Eli to work with. Especially if
1: Eli is just average. Yeah. I still think that could be a dominant. If you can offense. give
3: Eli that for the next two years and the defense is good to begin with. Right. They might have a chance to do something.
2: So you think it was more of a luxury pick?
3: Oh yeah, I think it's a luxury pick more than it is for the long-term success of the franchise. Know, it's winning now.
2: I know you like Chubb. Would you have taken Chubb?
3: The Giants, not so much. Their defense is good, okay. but I would have taken a quarterback or Barkley.
1: for Jason Pierre-Paul. That,
3: that was my thing. It'd have been a quarterback or Barkley for me if I was a. Okay. Coach.
1: Yeah. Um, here, I, I, I'm not going to fault the pick with them taking Barkley. I'm just going to disagree with it because I'm a Cowboys fan. I don't feel like seeing him uh, twice a year. However, I think to myself, you know, what if they would have drafted someone like Rosen um, if he would have been the real deal in the, in the replacement to, to Eli? Um, look, I, again, I can't fault him for taking Barkley. I think he was the most talented player in the draft. I would have taken him. I think one of the most important moves for them though was in the second round. You mentioned it earlier, Rob Will Hernandez, a guard out of UTEP. Great move to help uh, improve that terrible offensive line from last year. And if you're going to help Eli, what do you do? You give him a little bit more protection, give him a stout run a game. He's already got the weapons on the outside. Um, so I think that they're definitely going to get better with that. New head coach. It'll be a new atmosphere in that locker room. I think that's definitely going to help them out. And with the uh, quarterback from Richmond, I think it's an interesting uh, uh, test run. They, he's going to have two years to sit behind a quarterback that's definitely not in his prime anymore, but has a lot of experience, uh, has experience in the playoffs and his Super Bowl. So I think that that could definitely work out for them. And I, I root for the kid. You know, Being from uh, Richmond, uh, small school, and local, I root for him. Probably will change if he ever does become being a good quarterback for the Giants. I will immediately start hating him. But for right now, uh, the Giants' picks looks good. Any other comments for that before we head on to the next topic?
2: Um, going back to LaLeta, he's actually been compared to Jimmy G from what I've heard from scouts and just reading articles. Um, maybe high hopes there, mm-hmm. but if he could work out anywhere close to how he's looked his first seven games in the NFL, that would be a great pickup for the Giants.
3: Yeah. Well, the only difference is he's going to be working with Pat Shermer instead of a great Bill. Instead of, yes, that, that's a good point.
1: Bit of a difference there um let's move on and finish uh try to get this uh, draft talk out of the way and move on to some other sports we've got a couple of more things to talk about though in the nfl um let's talk about some surprises from draft night i'm actually going to start this off uh i think some of the biggest surprises was of course we talked about the the browns reaching for baker mayfield and then uh, a corner and denzel ward i think josh rosen falling to number 10 arizona ended up trading up to get him i think that was a good pick from them uh, one question that stems for me is that is what happens to uh, Sam Bradford there? Where is his role in all this take place? Derwin James falling to 17. I thought the Chargers got a steal there. Um, I know there was plenty of teams that could have took him. I actually want you guys' opinion on the Redskins not taking him uh, at a safety position. Um, we can get the opinion on this actually later from a Steelers fan uh, later on in our segment. The Raiders trading for Martavis Bryant. So Obviously, the Steelers were looking to move him. He was looking to get out. Raiders take him uh, for, I believe, was it a third-round pick? Yes. Yeah, so Raiders trade for Martavis Bryant to give Derek Carr yet another weapon. Uh, <sighs> Jason Witten's retirement plans leaked to the media. I uh, found that out in the uh, subway in Boston, so that really <laughs> made me happy. And then if, uh Saints trade up, Now, maybe this is just me. The Saints trade up to draft someone that's not a quarterback. What they gave up, I could have swore they were going to draft. Two first rounders. I was like, okay, here comes Lamar Jackson. Sean Payton is going to let him sit behind Breeze. He's going to end up signing an extension and coaching this young man up to be just a dynamic playmaker in that system. And they draft a defensive end, which is fine, but that tells me that they're wanting to win right now instead of drafting a future player. So, Elliot, what were your biggest surprises from the draft?
2: I think you just nailed my top one was the Saints trading up to not take quarterback. That that really shocked me. Um, going back to the Browns again, I know we've talked about them a lot, but both those picks surprised me. I thought they'd reached. Um, San Francisco, I didn't think they would take tackle that early. I thought they had needs on the defensive side of the ball. As you mentioned, Derwin James fell. I thought that would have been a nice fit for them. Mm-hmm. Um, Dallas actually surprised me. I with the top three receivers on the board, I thought they would have taken one after losing Dez. And,
1: right. Uh,
2: I don't know. They need a linebacker as well, but I just thought they would take a receiver there.
1: I could have seen receiver. I don't know about surprised. I think maybe if they did their research, a lot of receivers that are taken at that point in the draft from the first round, middle first round, they really don't. I don't know. It just seems like they don't turn out to be the players that they expect them to be. That's a good point. And we definitely need a linebacker, but I can see that where that would surprise some people, especially with all the talk about them drafting either Ridley, D.J. Moore, people like that.
2: Yes. Uh, Going on, Rashad Penny, the Seahawks, need to rejuvenate their running game. Mm -hmm. I didn't think they would come this early. He was projected more of a second or third round pick. Right. But I think he's a good player, and Seattle needs to start running the ball again and take some pressure off Russell Wilson.
1: Yep. That's how they won the Super Bowl. Absolutely.
2: Absolutely. the biggest surprise, however, to me, though, as a Virginia Tech fan, was Mr. Terrell Edmonds going to Pittsburgh 28.
1: Right, first round.
2: Yes. I thought he was more of a third to fourth round pick. Uh, I know the Steelers had needed safety. He's a good player. But I think that was a bit of a
1: reach. I was for sure they were going middle linebacker.
2: Yes, they needed him. Uh, as I've been told, they tried to trade up for the Evans, the linebacker from Alabama. Oh, Rashad. The yeah. Yes, yes. Uh, but apparently they couldn't get up high enough. I know the Titans took them at twenty-two. Cincinnati was sitting at twenty-one in division. Maybe maybe they couldn't get up there. But mm. that was that was my thoughts on the.
3: Well, the Edmonds brothers were the first brothers to be taken as first-round picks. That's right. Go ahead. In fact, so
1: Rob, take us into your uh, any more
3: surprises for you in the draft. I know you've got some some good insight there. Yeah, um, my first surprise was the Giants must really believe in Barkley because I read. That they did not even listen to a single offer for the pick. So I thought it was a very real possibility that they would trade down if they didn't see a quarterback there. So another, so you're su-
1: surprised that they didn't even took
3: Barkley and no, 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 no no, down? no. no, I'm surprised that they didn't even listen to offers. Oh, yes, yes. I guess you always listen to they, see what you can it get, was But the article I read said that when they found out Baker was one one, they closed the phone up. Wow. They were. I guess they thought Bar- uh, Barkley was going to go one, maybe. My um, other surprise <laughs> was the Ravens trading back into the first round for Lamar Jackson. I thought they were going to give Griffin a shot if Joe Flacco fell on his face again.
1: Yeah, so quick vote. Don't let me uh, get off. Let yeah. us get back to your point. Uh, is Lamar Jackson going to play before Griffin this year? Because I think at everybody, it's kind of like, does everybody really think Joe Flacco's playing all sixteen games this year if they start losing? Well, there's
0: no guaranteed money left on Flacco's contract. Like he's got the big contract, but there is no guaranteed money left. It's an empty contract, so I, uh, I see him being shipped out here soon.
1: I think. Griffin, oh, so not even on the team?
0: Uh, I mean, I think he'll start the year on the team, but uh, oh, when he struggles, I think as soon as so he's, he struggles, so he, he plays is first, gone.
1: Griffin or Jackson.
0: I think it it all depends on the development that they see in the very early stages. I think uh, the preseason is going to be huge. I think you know they'll give Flacco a few snaps at the beginning of the you know he'll be the starter. Yeah, yeah. To to play the bulk of the games um, in the preseason will be Lamar Jackson and Robert. So we'll we'll get to see firsthand which one works out better um, and and. I have a feeling that spring tra- or, uh, spring training, um, shoot, training. preseason or pre training yeah. camp and all oh, that yeah. has has a, a huge bearing on who will play.
3: Rob. I think Robert is beyond pissed with the move because I really believe he thinks he had a chance to take Flacco's job.
1: I agree. I really thought Griffin would be the starter by the year's end.
3: Yeah, me too. I, I also had two other surprises. It was. Derwin falling all the way to 17. We were driving to Boston. We were listening to the draft on the radio. I was getting pretty excited to see Durwin oh, continue to tumble down the slipper. draft board. And then James's Chargers have to scoop him up, taking the Cowboys out of the question. And my last surprise would be Josh Rosen falling out of the top five. I was for sure he was going to be one of the quarterbacks taken. I thought he was going to go one, two, three, four. Yeah, in the top three at least. But... The Cardinals swooped in and got him. I believe they got a good player, if they can keep and his it, ego in check.
2: If you were listening last week, I do believe I nailed that on the pod. I said Arizona was a good likelihood to trade yep. up. Yeah, yep. yep. trade Credit was- right there.
1: If you don't believe him, go back and listen to episode one. That's our pilot episode. Ty.
0: Yeah, so you guys touched on a lot of my surprises. Uh, definitely the biggest surprise for me uh, is when I got a Snapchat. I, I actually – was out watching the Avengers, good flick, go watch it. I'm gonna go ahead and make my plug there for the
1: advertisement.
0: Uh, yeah. I got a uh I got a Snapchat from Elliot and it was Jordan Mercer just just absolutely drooling over the T V seeing Terrell Edmonds being taken in the first round. Uh, by the Steelers, what does he not drill over? Hey, well, <laughs> if it's Virginia Tech, Capitals, Wizards, or Nationals, it's a good likelihood. He needs to down my bucket. Eventually, folks.
1: Eventually, we'll pony up and let this boy be a guest star on this show. Now, whether he lasts more than sixty seconds, we'll see. But you'll know what we're the talking. The amount you
0: yeah, you'll see the amount of ignorance. Anyways, <laughs> so I got a Snapchat from those to uh, talking a little bit of smack. Since I am a Virginia fan, I'll get into that um, here in my surprises just a little bit. Um, but I had seen where, according to NPC Sports, some teams actually had Terrell Edmonds as a fifth-round pick. Um, so I don't know. You know, I watched Terrell. I thought she, I thought he was a very good ball player at, at Tech. Um, Aaron told me before the podcast that that's one of the top players on their board uh, when they got to him, so they took him. And and that I commend the Steelers for doing it. If you see something in that player, and you you know that other teams don't see. Screw it, man. You do you. That's right. you know that is what you think is best for the program. So you did it.
1: I think we might have had a similar situation with the linebacker we drafted. I heard that they had visited. He had visited. They loved him. They had a lot of workouts. So, hey, I'm, I'm agree with you. They, Bring him
3: in. They want him taken. Well, I think it was a telltale sign on him. The Cowboys did a final check in on his um, stinger he had in college two years back, the day before the draft.
0: Mm. More surprises? Yeah. Uh, real quickly, obviously the Browns. And then uh, Shaquem, Shaquem Griffin getting drafted to Seattle with his brother. I just thought that was such an awesome story, uh, just watching those he two. He will
1: love playing for Pete Carroll.
0: Oh, absolutely. For four
1: years. Well, since he's our college coach. I think that's what Michael Bennett said yeah. after they left. I love how they criticize him after they leave and win a Super Bowl. Oh, absolutely.
0: And he's, he's there with his brother. What a joke. Um, they, I mean, they look like twins, man. That's unbelievable. I, I couldn't tell which one was actually getting drafted and which one was just happy about his his uh, his brother. Um, and then my last, final surprise, me being a UVA fan, I'll slide this in real quick. Quinn Blanding going undrafted for me was was a huge shock. Uh, didn't expect him to go real high. I think he got signed. Uh, he did get signed. By the skins. He got signed by the skins. By the skins. Oh, but yeah. that, you know, that's a that's a that's a um, after the fact kind of thing. Uh, Quinn, I felt. Uh, and I, I will be showing my bias here. I'm sure uh, was like the second best safety in the ACC behind Derwin. I thought uh, had been named to the preseason Bennerick Award watch list, the Maxwell Football Club um, watch list. He, he had all the accolades. Um, chose to stuck it out or stick it out with a pretty bad UVA Cavaliers team. And, uh, and, and ended up paying the price for it, not getting drafted. So I was really surprised with Quinn going undrafted. Uh, and and uh, at the same time, pretty surprised that Kirk Benkert, after all the talk, now I didn't think he was a draft prospect, but all the talk said that he was, um, he also went undrafted but got signed with the Atlanta Falcons. So those are my surprises.
3: The best quarterback prospect you've that you've never, you never heard,
1: of. heard of. That's right. Uh, just another quick shout out before we finish off our draft subject. Uh, Michael Kaiser drafted as yeah, well. I think he out. went to the Rams. Rams. Is that correct?
0: Yep. Yes. And uh, Andrew Brown also went to the Cincinnati Bengals in the fifth round.
1: Congratulations to him. I didn't have a good lasting memory the last time I saw Andrew <laughs> Brown he was getting kicked <laughs> off the field in manslaughter <laughs> against Navy. Uh, okay. Last topic Andrew before asked, we actually, uh, that
0: would be the Virginia Tech game and was oh, the there right. for for the, the Navy, Navy right. game. Right
1: um last subject before we take our break uh we're going to talk about whether we were satisfied with what our teams did or didn't do in the draft um then we're going to take a break then we're going to welcome our special guest for the week to join elliot good with our uh, way too early fantasy talk and fantasy corner uh, so to finish off our starting lineup uh
0: why don't we switch up the order this time jared why don't you go first
1: all right sure i'll go first um uh, by, in case you don't already know, I'm been a lifetime Cowboys fan. What did my team do? First round, we had drafted uh, uh, we drafted a linebacker from Boise State, Leighton Vander Esch. Addressed the need of linebacker. Um, right now, our starting middle linebacker, as as I'm aware of, Rob, unless there's been any changes, is Jalen Smith. Played in every game last year. Did not play a whole lot of snaps, but he did make an appearance in every game.
3: Um, he is also practicing without his brace now.
1: Right. So I'm, I'm hoping his his play will improve. I think he's going to be a solid player. Outside linebacker right now on the weak side, I believe, is Sean Lee. Great player, but he's 32 years old, got health issues, um, and I think he would be a great teacher for this young, young man. I've seen some tape from him. Um, I'm going to be honest with you. When we drafted him, I was not familiar with him. I had to do some research on him. Uh, apparently Dallas was very – uh they were they were hooked on this kid they've had him in for workouts uh he has talked he had talked to the owner jerry jones and jason garrett before they had planned on taking this kid i think all along i'm I'm not even sure they would have taken durham if he'd have been there they seem to really like this guy so i hope he works out um second round everything i've heard about this guy connor williams uh offensive lineman from texas has been good i've heard that he's a first round talent taken in the second round I've also heard that the reason we made this pick was because Jerry Jones was having nightmares about the Atlanta game last year where Adrian Claiborne himself got to Dak Prescott six times, and so we decided to shore up that offensive line a little bit. Who knows? He might move to that left guard spot, which has been uh, rotating in and out. Could be a backup for Tyron Smith. We really never know. It's something that uh, we can keep an eye on through the uh, preseason and, and training camp and so forth. Third round, taking a receiver. Uh, Michael Gallup from Colorado State, and at this point you're into players that I'm not, I'm just not familiar with. So give him a chance. He'll make the receiver room of about 100 people that we have right now. Uh, we drafted a couple of receivers, uh, took some after the draft. We traded for some, got rid of some, so we'll see how that works. And then finally, my final thought on the draft, um, I was just... Surprised that they traded for Tavon Austin and traded away Ryan Switzer up. I, I like the kid I thought he had a solid rookie year for what they let him do and I think Tavon Austin can be a threat. I, I really haven't heard from him much in the last couple of years I know he was effective with the Rams when he first started there, but Again, it's really nothing I can tell until we uh, see a couple games uh, In the season.
0: I got a lot of buddies that agree with you on the Ryan Switzer comment uh, oh, yeah?
3: Yeah. Uh, I just uh,
1: didn't get that. Yeah,
3: he had a punt return for a touchdown last year. I was kind of excited for him to yeah. see what he brought.
1: So I guess it would sense to get the rest of the Cowboys uh, mumbo-jumbo out of the way before we move to the Redskins. So, Rob, anything that I didn't touch on that so you thought? I'm not going to try to
3: echo Jarrett too much, but the Vander Esch kid is supposed to be the best coverage linebacker in the draft. He has drawn some comparisons to Brian Urlacher uh, by his – Combine statistics. I see more Bobby Carpenter. Hope that's not the case. Please
1: God, no. Um Ugh.
3: Connor Williams was ranked eighteenth overall. They drafted him in the fifties. Very good value pick. Something needs to change down there. They had they struggled this year offensive line. Um Lyle Collins either needs to move in or they need to let the Connor kid start at left guard. Um another thing on Tavon Austin, I heard they want to use him like Tyreek Hill. A very explosive player. If you get him the ball in, sp- in space, he can make a lot of people miss. He could he could very well do Fran Switzer's job. I think he's a more talented player, but I was excited to see Switzer grow within the Cowboys system. So, your take Ty?
0: On to the Redskins. Ty? To the Skins. Uh, not really a huge surprise or not a huge uh Secret that I was unhappy with the way we treated our offseason this year. I was a huge proponent of Kirk uh, and was also a huge proponent of bulking up the defense uh, with the money that Kirk was asking for. Can't really do both. So I accepted the losing Kirk, but then we gave away basically to get a quarterback that we wanted. We gave away our top corner. So I was not happy with how the Skins handled it. And now I'm trying to fight off just the irrational excitement about the season because uh, I really loved what we did in the draft. We basically took a stand. We said we are tired of getting run all over. We took a stand in a, in a run-heavy division with Zeke uh, now with Saquon, right. with Jay Ajayi and and the host of running backs that they have over there. Yep, uh, Wendell Smallwood even is Garrett Barnes still there. Yeah, the one is yep. still an Eagle. Darren resigned. Yeah, so we so we took a stand, uh, and a lot of people hated the Payne pick, but I absolutely loved it. Um, like I said earlier, no if you intended. see something, yeah, no, no pun intended. <laughs> That's right. No pun intended. Uh, I I loved us going with somebody that we we saw and we liked. It was no secret that we wanted Vea Moore, uh, but he was taken right off the board right before us. Um, so we took another talented nose tackle from Alabama, Daron Payne. Uh, and then the second round. Oh, man, this is what regained my faith in the Washington Redskins. We had a stroke of genius, or what a lot of people would call luck. And we traded back in the second round to pick up a third rounder that we basically just handed away, like I said earlier, with the fuller trade. Uh, and we still picked up Darius Geis, the guy that we had wanted. He slipped because of a lot of rumors uh, about... Altercations with the Eagles and personality, trait yeah, I heard problems. About that. I wasn't and,
1: really sure what was going on there,
0: so I'm, I'm a little worried about that. Uh, would like to see Darius Geis end up being just a good kid that goes out and gets it done, runs hard. I watched some video on him. That's what's really got me hey, irrationally what's surprised. What's the problem
1: in having a running back that hates the Eagles now? Uh, that's that's <laughs> what you want. No, I can't no wait to that, see that game.
0: Yeah, because the Eagles or whoever that reporter was, if he was if he was an Eagle supporter or mm-hmm. whatever it may be cost him a lot of money because yep. they were talking about Geis being the second-best running back behind Barkley, some even mm. putting Geis ahead of Barkley, which I don't see. That's that's, that's a little bit up there. Yep. Um, after that, with that third-round pick that we picked up, uh, we addressed the depth of the O-line. We were banged up all year on the O-line last year. We picked up Gayron Christian out of Louisville. Uh, he's more of a pass blocker that's going to need to work on his strength, uh, but some depth never hurts and uh, it, you know, it, it helps us being so banged up last year. He's gonna end up being somewhat of a technician is what a lot of people are thinking. He's gonna have to work and dedicate himself to working with his hands. Um, is almost too patient is, is some of the problems that I've heard, uh, but uh, I do like the pick of an the, of the offensive line and, and mostly a tackle there. Uh, we stu- still do need to figure out left guard uh, with Sean Laval leaving. I mean, thank goodness he's leaving. He was not very good, but then, you know, it's kind of pick your poison because now we've got Nishki in there Main getting drive. ready to start. Yeah. So after that, we pick up Tim Settle out of Tech uh, in the fifth round, and they were talking about him being a third or fourth rounder and saw somewhere where he was one of the quickest nose tackles in the draft. So really excited to see uh, both Tim Settle and De'Ron Payne get after there on the front line.
1: All right, Elliot, uh, finish us off here with some thoughts on the Redskins.
0: Um, I thought they addressed
2: their areas of need, as Ty said. They kind of developed an identity in this draft. They want to stop the run and be able to run the football. They come out with De'Ron Payne, first overall, or first pick for them, I should say. Uh, He fills a huge void for us. We haven't had a solid run-stopping defensive tackle since I can remember We've just been a turnstile at that position.
0: What do you mean? Is that you? hood wouldn't
1: dominant enough for you? <laughs> what about Albert Hainsworth? <laughs> anyway, oh, oh, please. Someone give it Albert Let's Get, Let's out. Get, out. Out. Get,
2: Get out. out. Get out. I, I liked out. it as a Cowboy fan. Get out. Let's not bring back those rumors. Get out. That, like that name either.
0: will never, <laughs> will never be okay with me.
2: As uh, as Ty said, Tim Settle, another good run defender. As a Hokie fan, I enjoyed watching him his last four years at Tech. De'Ron De- De- Payne's only 20 years old. I think that's a good thing to keep in mind. As I said, Darius Geis, huge, huge fall in this draft. I was quite shocked that he was still there when we were supposed to pick at 44. And credit to Bruce Allen, I don't often say this. <laughs> I was about to say, I'm not
1: sure I've ever heard that this before. This man actually
2: I still handles the trades. He was able to pick up a third-round pick that we lost while acquiring Alex Smith. We were able to trade back, get that pick, and still get Geis. So, bravo, Bruce Allen, bravo. Um Darius Geis, he averaged over six yards per carry in the SEC. That's quite a feat. So if this guy can turn any sort of that production into the NFL and translate it, that's going to be a steal for us. Moving on to Gayron Christian. As Ty said, we needed some offensive line depth after the debacle of injuries we had last year. I wish we would have went guard. We really need a left guard. Laval is terrible. We don't have a replacement there. Quanjo, he didn't show anything in the few games he was in there last year. The safety out of Penn State, Apke, I don't know much about him. I've heard he's an athletic freak. I I look for him to contribute on special teams early. So I think that's an area you've seen the Redskins struggle mightily with. Fastest 40-time in the combine. Yes. (laughs) Greg Strowman, I think is another interesting project. Um, Great cover corner at Tech. Had a PFF grading of 84 last year, which was one of the top corners in the country. They say he fell due to combine-related I I never agree with that. I think if you can play football, you can play football. Trey Quinn, Mr. Irrelevant, our last pick, last pick of the NFL draft. I remember hearing this name during college football last year, and I went back and dug up some stats. He had 114 catches, over 1,200 yards, and 13 touchdowns just last year. So with Jameson Crowder in a contract year, you needed to address receiver. You lost Ryan Grant as well. So you needed some depth there, and he certainly fills that void. Overall, I'm very satisfied with this draft. It's the first time I've been able to say that in years, but I'm looking forward to this year.
1: All right, there's too much agreement going on. It's too many uh, people happy with their picks. I'm really hoping Robbie has some negativity to put in here.
3: Um, not that there's so much negativity as we forgot to mention Bo Scarbo, Scarbo for the Cowboys being drafted. I loved it. Oh yeah, good pick. Solid pick. I, I like, he's huge. Shout physical, out to Henry Dawson. Huge physical back. I'm excited to see what he can do behind the offensive line as we don't have a backup running back other than Rod Smith because Alfred Morris is a free agent. And I wanted to touch on the Patriots as I really like the pick of Sonny Michelle and Isaiah Wynn, from both from Georgia. They were roommates, as a fun fact, so I think uh, you can read into those picks as they're not for the long haul, or they're for the long haul. I think Bill's going to stick around. All right,
1: guys, we are done talking about the Shield right now. Uh, We're going to take a break because uh, I'm thirsty, I need a drink, and I need a uh, chance to catch my breath here. So when we get back, we're going to talk about some fantasy football, some way-too-early fantasy football, in fact. This is April. We got a special guest to do that, so don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with some fantasy uh, fantasy football. time for the seventh inning stretch here on nine to five and this week we want to welcome our good buddy and fantasy expert aaron campbell to join elliot good for some way too early fantasy football advice uh, aaron thanks for joining us and guys tell the american people how the nfl draft has affected how we will select our fantasy teams come august
4: well uh as jared said you now joining y'all for the first time thank you all for having me and uh it it definitely is early for fantasy football i know draft just ended the other night never too early yeah never too early so
0: guys i guess i'll be asking a few questions um you know probably what people are thinking uh going into their drafts so uh, this is also like i said guys these these links and these uh places that we the upload to they'll be up so if you want to revert back to this just keep in mind this is episode two this is the nfl draft this is where we're talking about a little fantasy football so right beforehand uh if if you want to come back and listen to this right before the draft uh feel free to do so so big questions you know one two and uh and even three in the draft is i guess one baker mayfield is he going to have any sort of um chance i guess you would say uh, maybe as a stash pick or something like that, because he's—I mean—he's going to have to beat out Tyrod, uh, an established quarterback.
2: Yeah, I think he has a chance. I think you take him late rounds. He's certainly an upside pick. Uh, behind Tyrod, it's going to be questionable as to whether he wins that job. But if he does, he has weapons there. He has Josh Gordon. He's got Carlos Hyde, Nick Chubb, a decent offensive line. I, there's there's potential there for, certainly with Baker Mayfield,
0: right. So, all right, you get Saquon Barkley then, Aaron. Saquon Barkley is going to be starting there because, I mean, I don't see Wayne Gallman from Clemson beating him out. Uh, He did have a decent year last year, I think Wayne Gallman did. But um, Saquon, you draft him second overall. He's probably going to be your future back. Uh, what, What kind of chances do you think Saquon's got to be, even maybe a running back one option?
4: I think that Saquon from the get-go will be an RB1. I think you're looking at, especially in keeper leagues, you're looking at a first-round pick, a first-second-round pick, a guy who's going to get you 20 touches every week. Uh, I know they did sign Jonathan Stewart, so they do have a little bit of veteran presence there now, a guy he can learn from. A uh, guy that maybe take a couple goal line carries away here and there, but I wouldn't worry about it too much. But uh, with with the Giants drafting him as well as – uh, Will Hernandez in the second round, big road grading offensive lineman, and uh, with a healthy Odo Beckham Jr. to take the top off the defense, I, I just think the, sky, uh, the sky's the limit for this kid. Especially if they
0: ended up taking Des Bryant too in free agency. Exactly. I agree with you on Saquon. I
2: think he's instantly a first or second round pick. Probably more towards second for me. I think you could bump him up a few notches in a PPR league. I think I think it'll mm-hmm. be a lot of short dump off screens, just ways to get him in space. I agree with your take on Hernandez helping out that offensive line. That I mean, it couldn't get any worse, let's be real. No, definitely but, uh, not. Uh, Saquon, as you can see in fantasy football year after year, you need running backs. Take running backs early and often. Take them late and stash them. It's, it's fantasy football 101 there. Uh, Saquon's going to get all the touches in that backfield. I know you mentioned Stewart. I actually didn't know that. He may take a few goal line carries, as you said, but fairly minimal impact on him.
0: Saquon's going to be a stud. Yeah, so you got Sam Darnold with the Jets. Do the Jets really have anything for him to throw to? Is the is the new question? I guess you should ask. Uh, uh, is Sam Darnold going to be a possibility for maybe not maybe not your starting quarterback, but maybe he's got a chance to you know step in there in a bye week, or or maybe uh, maybe he's your third quarterback uh, and he, you play him in a matchup kind of thing.
2: Well, we were all talking pre-show, and I actually forgot Josh McCown was still with the Jets. But Darnold's going to have to beat him out. As Rob, mm-hmm. I believe Robbie said, Baker's opening up third on the depth chart. I look for a similar situation with Darnold. They're going to make him earn it. Todd balls yeah. is a hard-nosed coach. He's, Darnold's going to have to work his way into that job. As far as people to throw to, he has Robbie Anderson, very solid receiver last year, over 1,000 yards, a lot of touchdowns. I'll say Quincy
4: and Inouye will help as well.
2: Yes, Austin Safarian Jenkins, he was a nice streamer tight end at the end of last year. Certainly a nice pickup, I think you had him on a few of your teams as well. Uh, I did. <laughs> I did have.
0: Him. Uh and he, he worked out pretty
4: well for me. Um I I think with the Jets, uh with them not having a stable running game last year, uh Fort, Forte kinda had his moments. So did Bilal Powell. Uh but I, I think I, I think if they would have had the chance to take Saquon at three, I think they would have thought about it. I think that they desperately needed the franchise quarterback, but I think they would have thought about taking Saquon just to be able to take some pressure off of that defense and just be able to hang in games. Because that's the biggest part about the NFL. I mean, sometimes the teams who don't have these veteran quarterbacks, if they can run the ball effectively and just create a couple stops on defense, they can give themselves a chance.
2: Yeah, and they've got an upcoming defense, so Mm -hmm. they want to run the ball, keep it a low-scoring game. Also with the Saquon, I think they would have taken them. The Jets need a little bit of star power. Yeah. They don't have much marketability right now. Yep.
4: Exactly.
0: All right, what about Rashad Penny? Where's he ranked? That's an interesting yeah.
2: one. Uh, I know I I look at Evan Silver's rankings a lot of times, and he loves this guy. Has loved him in college, loves him with Seattle. He liked Chris Carson last year. He just knows Seattle likes to run the football, and drafting them drafting him that high sig- signals to me that that's what they're trying to do. They're going to reestablish their identity. They're going to run the football 20 times a game, get Russell Wilson on bootlegs and go back to what won them a Super Bowl. So I think Rashad Penny is someone you definitely need to draft in the top 20-ish running backs, for sure.
4: Yeah, I, I think that he is automatically going to be an RB2 with probably low RB1 up, upside to, to lead off the season. Uh, but you know the presence of Chris Carson there, as well as CJ ProSize, a healthy CJ Prosize hopefully, uh, could inhibit a little bit of his growth. And also... I was really surprised that the Seahawks really didn't address uh, bulking up that offensive line a little bit. Me too.
2: It, I know it, they added Dwayne Brown last year, but they need some interior line presence yeah, exactly. for sure to run Spe- the
4: ball. Run the ball especially. I, 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 seem, I mean, I know this is Russell's play style, but I know as far as like watching Russell Wilson play, it seems like he's always running for his life. Certainly is. Certainly.
0: All right. Uh, let's move on to Sonny Michelle, maybe taking some carries away and maybe in some pass attempts away from Deion Lewis.
4: Well, actually, Deion Lewis is now in Tennessee. Uh, along, He'll be in a timeshare with Derrick Henry. But uh, Sonny Michelle, uh, with the Patriots willing to take an offensive lineman and a running back in the first round, you, you never see a Bill Belichick-led team take a running back that high. Normally they're always finding value at running back. And always like they you know, they're vulturing guys off practice squads and throwing them out there. Um, but them taking a running back in the first round, it makes me think that he will be an, a very integral part of this offense. And I mean, he's explosive. He's, I mean, he's a bigger back than what Dion Lewis is. But I mean, as small as Dion was, he was a very good in the in between the tackles runner. And I, I think, I mean, I think the touches will be there for a lot of fantasy value.
2: You may have made me rethink this. Initially, I thought that Burkhead was going to be the guy here, but as we saw last year, they like to spread him out a little bit, mm-hmm. use him in short short yardage areas. Um, Sony Michelle reminds me a lot of Tevin Coleman. Now, I agree. Their offense isn't run as similarly as the Falcons, but Sony Michelle is going to get touches. As you said, Bill Belichick doesn't draft running backs high, but when he does, he believes in them. Mm-hmm. And Sony Michelle, as the New England Patriots have been one of the most rushing touchdown from a fantasy perspective the last couple of years it's not always predictable it's not always who you think it's going to be yeah, but exactly. the production is there so there's certainly value with sonny michelle again i think you need to draft him maybe a little a little bit lower than penny probably toward the 25 30 is running back range
0: okay uh, and as a skins fan i would know uh, we got a little bit of running back committee and uh, it's going to be a nice little battle to watch uh, before the season starts You've got uh, Samaj Piran, a guy they were very high on last year. They got him, what I believe that was in the fourth round, right? Yes. Uh, but they were still very high on Samaje. Samaje had a very decorated college career. Came in, uh, struggled to hold on to the football, uh, didn't really live up to expectations, even though he was a fourth-round pick. Um, did have 200-yard rushing games last year, though. Thought he was going to kind of pick it up, but then uh, tailed off at the end of the year again. Um, carries were, were down. A good bit, so it'll be interesting to see the Geis and um Thompson. and and Samaje Pirine situation when we know Thompson's most likely going to be in there in passing situations, yes. long second downs, long third downs, um, and things of that nature. So, uh, what do you, what do you foresee if you have to look into your crystal ball before we even get into um, all the camps, all training camps, and and uh, preseason? What, what, uh, Aaron? I guess I'll go with you first. Uh, what's in your crystal ball um, for the Samaje versus Geis matchup?
4: Well, obviously, as you were saying, I, I think both of those guys will op- operate on the early downs, and both will get cracks at goal line carries. Uh, Samaje really came on at the end of last season, put together some really nice games. Uh, but then again, you don't trade up into the second round to get a running back if you don't plan on playing him. Uh, Chris Thompson, was, of course, was having a great season last year before his injury. Um, yeah, I think that's a huge question mark that people will have to take into mm-hmm.
0: consideration too. You, with these pro athletes, these studs, we always take for granted like, well, he's just going to come back and he's going to be exactly like he was before. But, man, that that injury, I watched it, it was gruesome.
4: So I think this as well as the Cleveland Browns, running back situations are ones I'm going to try my best to stay away from. Because anytime you have three or more guys that are going to get the ball a lot or involved in the offense to some capacity, as far as fantasy purposes, it's a nightmare. Uh, Again, with the Browns, I mean, with them already signing Carlos Hyde, veteran presence, then uh, drafting Nick Chubb, and already having Duke Johnson there. Duke Johnson, who is very neglected fantasy asset or and real-life asset for the Browns. Uh, kind of in the same situation as what Chris Thompson is. Very efficient player, but just doesn't get those touches uh, that you would think that a player of his caliber would, especially in the amount of yards that he that he gathers just on a per-touch basis. Yeah, the Chris Thompson thing will be interesting for me. He
2: He's going to play a big role in this because if he comes back healthy, you know what he is. He's your third down back. He's your pass catcher, which will leave – Uh, two guys to split the early down work. And I think that's what's going to happen early. But eventually, based on what I've seen, I think Geist wins this out. Uh, P. Ryan, not that talented hard runner, but just simply not explosive. Geist gives you that explosiveness that you're looking for, the home run threat. I think he could be a touchdown machine if he beats him out because, as Robbie Colmer, our co-host, has mentioned, the Redskins need to run the football with Alex Smith at the quarterback because... He needs a running game to thrive, and that's something the Redskins haven't had recently, so I look for them spending an early round pick on Geis
4: to establish him early and often. Which is surprising because the the Redskins' lack of a run game, it it definitely isn't because of the inability uh, or as far as a a lack of talent on the offensive line because that offensive line is a good one, and I, I truly believe that, and I think if they would commit to the run enough, I think they would be successful. But I do agree with you on uh, Samadji P. Ryan's uh, talent. I, I think he's more of a, a thumper. I agree. Also, Robbie Comer says Bill Callahan,
2: great offensive line coach. That helps us yep, out exactly. a bit. So we're hoping to get that going this year. Yep.
0: yep. All right. So real quickly, uh, some of your top tight ends, maybe Hurst, uh, Gosecki, uh, Goddard, um, <clears throat> and as well as uh, wide receivers that could possibly uh, – Either jump right into a starting wide receiver role, or maybe even, you know, take away from, uh, you know, I'm looking at a name right here, Calvin Ridley, maybe getting more targets taken away from Julio. I'm not saying he will. I'm just asking from from a fan's standpoint. Um, you know, what, what do you guys think about that?
4: Uh, well, I guess I'll start off with this. Uh, as far as with the wide receivers, I think DJ Moore in uh, Carolina. Uh, I mean, Cam in his career has only had three. Three receivers to ever have 1,000 yards or uh, 1,000 yard receiving seasons, and Steve Smith actually did that twice.
0: Kelvin Benjamin was the other, correct? Yeah,
4: exactly. And I just don't see him having a huge uh, impact just because of the amount of times that Carolina likes to run the ball. Uh, I think Ridley will be third on the receiver depth chart behind Julio and Sanu. Sanu, again, very underrated last season, uh, also very useful in fantasy. Um, with the tight ends, uh, I normally don't like rookie tight ends. Uh, and that, I mean, it's historically they haven't done very well in fantasy. Um, Hayden Hurst, I mean, the, the Ravens, you know, taking him in the first round, it makes me think that he will be involved in, as, uh, in their immediate plans as well as their future. Um, Dallas Goddard, I, I think that is a guy where, you know, similar to the role Trey Burton had last year with the Eagles, I think that, you know, with Burton now in Chicago – I think Goddard, um, with them trading up ahead of Dallas to grab him, I I think he could have that Trey Burton role. And if there would be an injury to Zach Hurts, he he would definitely benefit from it.
2: That's a great point. We were talking about that before the show. As we said, rookie tight ends typically don't fare too well. Referring to Hayden Hurst, that's a slow-paced, kind of grinded-out offense. I don't see him having much value. But Goddard's a good point, Aaron. Uh, Trey Burton was very effective in fantasy last year. And if something would happen to Zach Hurts, you're going to need this guy. The Eagles use their tight ends a lot, so I think he's a nice r- late round flyer. Referring to the wide receivers, I don't see a whole lot of impact this year from these guys. I agree. Calvin Ridley, the Falcons spread the ball around a lot. You've got Julio, Sanu, Taylor, Hooper, Gabriel, Hooper, Gabriel Freeman, Coleman. They use all these guys, man. It, you just
0: it's hard to predict with uh, with the Atlanta Falcons. That would have been nice to hear from me last year, uh, before the year. I kind of <laughs> stocked up on Atlanta Falcons after the year that they had before. I had Julio, Matt Ryan, Tevin Coleman, and Devontae Freeman, and I was just I was not good because, like you said, <laughs> they spread the ball around too it's, much. And it's great in real life.
2: It's hard to defend, but we're talking fantasy here, and it's just tough. In regards to DJ Moore in Carolina, apparently Steve Smith has endorsed him as the next him. Not sure what that means, but I don't see that. I don't believe in Cam Newton as a quarterback, so I try to stay away from his receivers.
3: He said this was the first time they've been able to replace him since he left.
2: That is what he said. Well, that remains to be seen, however.
4: A man who thinks very highly of himself.
2: Uh, Cam Sutton, who I thought maybe Dallas would take being a local kid, ends up in Denver. I don't see a lot of impact there.
4: Man, Bad lay the spot for him. Yeah,
2: you've got Emmanuel Sanders there, Demarius Thomas. They're going to eat up targets. Adam, The Adam Thielen role from last year will be Emmanuel Sanders with Case Keenum. And I... I look for him to be featured quite a bit. Big boost to Emmanuel Sanders, in my opinion. The one receiver I would watch out for is Christian Kirk in Arizona. I don't think it matters who wins that quarterback job. They're fairly similar mm-hmm. for his outlook. But John Brown left. I believe J.J. Nelson left. So all you have is an aging Fitzgerald there. And Bryce Butler. And a young tight end in Ricky Seals Jones, who I really like this year. So Christian Kirk's a nice sleeper at receiver.
0: Well, thanks for the help, fellas. I'm going to let uh, Jarrett roll us out.
4: Aaron, thanks for stopping by. Yep, yeah, guys, thanks for having me.
1: Yeah, uh, look, folks that are listening to this podcast, uh, you know, I know it's April, but whenever fantasy comes around, uh, we plan to have Aaron back with us uh, at least once a week, as as long as he's all right with that. We, Aaron again, Aaron Campbell, thank you for stopping by and giving us some. Some fantasy knowledge. Elliot, good job with that. And then Ty, nice job feeding us some some good questions. thanks
4: for having me. Look forward to coming on the show again.
1: Absolutely. We're going to take another quick break. Uh, When we come back, we're going to talk about what has happened um, in the NBA playoffs. But, again, nice job uh, from these couple of guys talking about fantasy football. We'll be right back. All right, we're back at 9-5 Sports to finish off the 7th inning stretch. We're going to talk about some NBA basketball playoffs. Uh, We're going to start off actually in the Western Conference with the Oklahoma City Thunder, who just recently got eliminated by the Utah Jazz. And the absolutely dumbest nickname that I have ever heard with Paul George getting eliminated, Playoff P. Let me just go ahead and tell you right now that if you're going to name yourself Playoff P., You're not getting eliminated in the first round when you have two all-NBA type calibers. Look, I know Carmelo Anthony isn't what he used to be, but you have Russell Westbrook, you have Steven Adams, you have Carmelo Anthony. You do not get knocked out in the first round by the Jazz, who I know are a solid team. But please give me a break. Do not call yourself playoff P if you're going to show up and score score. Five points. Five. five points yeah, five. in an elimination against game against
3: the Jazz.
1: That is a joke. I like you, Paul George. I was a big fan of you when you were going up against LeBron with the Heat when you had your Pacer team, and you guys were supposed to be the upcoming story. Like the Pacers were supposed to be the next big thing. You, Lance, Roy Hibbert. Don't even get me started on Roy Hibbert. But you will now be remembered as Playoff P because of this performance. So congratulations, Paul George. I don't know where you're going from here. I can almost guarantee that you're not going to stay with Oklahoma City. So good luck with the Lakers. I'm going to stop my rant right there and let anyone else that wants to chime in on this boring series... I'll step in. Take the chance and do it now, please.
0: I'll step in. The, I would... I would. I think it's a little harsh to call it a boring series. I think the series was very well contested. I, I maybe really, boring was the wrong word. Yeah, maybe was boring a, was
1: the wrong. It, underwhelming to me.
0: Okay. Donovan Look. Mitchell went nuts. Uh, really just showed why, in my opinion, he should be the rookie of the year. I know the whole definitely, Ben Simmons definitely thing. Definitely a rookie of the year. I, But it, yeah. Donovan, Donovan put it the best to me when he said, if you have a whole year to study for a test that determines your living, he said, you're going to do pretty well on that test when that time comes, aren't you? Right. I, I just I, I agree with that wholeheartedly with, with the fact that Ben Simmons sat out an entire year, but got to study the offense and 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 other offenses and whatever you have it, whatever it may be. Anyway, uh, back to what I was going to say with you and the, the playoff p. I think you're going a little hard on on playoffs. Oh no, please. Oh, I, no, no. I, I understand. Like, look. Playoff P? Yeah, I know. does well, anyone else find
3: this as funny five as I do? Points in an that nickname he had, is he had five terrible. In a playoff game. That is but a ha- terrible. How thing. do you expect?
0: How do you expect a player to get into rhythm <sighs> when you got a player like Russell Westbrook taking forty-six shots? He took over half. Forty-three of shots. Shot. Forty-six oh, points. God. Oh, I'm sorry. Please. I'm sorry. Forty-three shots. Forty-six points for. For Russell Westbrook, Mister Tunnel Vision, Kobe Kobe I'm going to shoot it. Kobe, Kobe, Bryant. Kobe Bryant,
2: like efficiency there.
0: Yeah, Who Kobe Bryant has forty-six Dolby, points let's on forty-three one shots. Into the and, and here's my here's
1: my, here's my Kobe problem. Kobe Bryant would never put up a game like that in elimination game.
0: Here's my problem. You talk about all the all you know the all stars and 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 uh, all pros and, and all that good stuff. Is it not a solid team? Ball. You talk about it for playoff Paul. Look Playoff P. At who, Playoff yeah, P. fine. Look at who Russell Westbrook has had his entire career, and he still ain't got it done. Kevin Durant is number two in my book in the NBA right now. Might be number one sometime on some, some nights when Daddy has a night off. Yeah, That's very rare, though. Very rare, though. <laughs> Okay. Anyway, me and Robbie are in, in agreement that LeBron is now known as Daddy. Anyway, uh, Kevin Durant, James Harden. You had both of those guys on your team. You couldn't get it done. I think this was just the moment that showed everybody in the world, apparently not to you guys, but to me it showed me that Russell Westbrook will never win because he he, he doesn't want any help. This This is
1: about a guy who has a Gatorade commercial about making game-winning shots. This guy
3: has never made a game-winning shot. He has never made a game-winning shot shot at any level. This is not about
1: Russell Westbrook. This this, This is about Paul George – Doing what he did. And you want to tell Russell it's not about Russell Westbrook after not. he took 43 shots in an elimination? I don't game. think the loss is about Russell Westbrook.
0: Oh, I 100% think it's about I'll Russell. tell you who's, tell right. who's getting off the hook here is Billy Donovan.
3: A Nobody agree. is blaming him.
1: Uh,
0: 100%. 100%. Didn't like the higher when it
3: no, happened. So. No, didn't like no. him in Florida. This
1: is no. not Billy Donovan. Overrated. He was terrible. When did overrated. this team get when they had, uh, who was there before? Isn't the guy coaching the Wizards? Brooks. The
3: Wizards coach. Okay. Put him in the same category. They're both terrible. He coaches the Bullets. I don't understand why you're not giving
0: uh, Carmelo Anthony a harder time. Oh, he, Might, he's got the loser back because Carmelo Anthony
1: is not regarded as as the same talent that Paul George is right now. And but this team game. was hyped up today,
3: today. This team was hyped up to be an opponent, a real opponent to the Warriors, and they have. Fought. I wasn't sure about that. The, I just think the, they the should have got that the up. that first round, and they lost to a Jazz team led by a rookie that nobody really. Thought that would have ever had a chance to win rookie of the year in Donovan Mitchell. All right, well,
1: Russell Westbrook. I'll give Ty this point. He shot forty three times. Now, how I, do
0: you expect anybody to get into a rhythm? I am sorry to interject, well, here, but how do you expect well, anybody? Paul George
1: to a shot. Stephen Adams was in a rhythm. He was nine for eleven. How many Nineteen days? points, plus four, and okay, plus a minus. it that is a, okay. It's different, but Paul that's George, oh for yeah. six, oh for six from behind the arc. He's had time to shoot two for sixteen and FT. Does that mean free throws? Free throw. Yes. So he shot two free throws. Two. had six turnovers. Two free throws. Are Paul, you kidding me? Paul
3: George also led the league. Six Paul George led the that. league this year in free throws attempted per game. Russell, okay, so Russell Westbrook also took nineteen threes, but he hit seven of them. So. three-pointers. but he he hit seven from a point guard that doesn't shoot. But he hit seven.
0: I, I, I still disagree with you taking nineteen threes.
1: Okay, so who's the who is
0: who who's should most the
1: blame? Who's at fault? Russell had, Westbrook. For the series, absolutely unbelievable. I'm, oh, Elliot, who's, I'm blaming uh, who's Billy. Playing? I'm blaming Billy. I'm with Rob on this yep, one. Billy. Okay. All, obviously, I'm right. Everyone else in this panel <laughs> is wrong. Um, let's move away. Uh, let's actually. You know what? Let's stay in the West and then we'll move to the East. If that sounds good with you guys, um, I wrote down for the West: Houston, Golden State. They have both rolled on. I think they both played today, or did they Houston play yesterday? They both rolled in games once today. Um, guys, do you see the Golden State Pelicans? Played last night. Golden State plays last night. Okay, yeah. does anyone here think the Pelicans have any kind of shot, or does anybody think that Houston could uh, have fits with um Who did they play today? Oh, this is terrible. Right?
0: Houston, they're playing. Yeah, Houston uh, is playing Utah.
1: Right. Yeah. So, does Utah have any shot at winning a couple games? Does the Pelicans have a shot at winning uh, a couple games? Uh, so are, we even gonna, been, are we even going to spend any time on this? I think Utah it's
3: destined to be think, Houston golden State. I think Utah gets one game at
2: home if Ricky Rubio comes back healthy.
1: Okay, Pelicans. That's a big if. To, oh, Ty, Houston.
3: Houston. Houston's going to roll the the. the jazz. I agree.
1: It's too much. Pelicans get
2: zero. They can't play defense. No.
3: I'm still sticking with Houston to be in the finals. Like last week. Nice. I'm glad that you're sticking with your guns. Yep. I'm going to
1: yep. give
0: Tyler Parker a little love. As long as Steph Curry is out, I think the Pelicans can get one. Is he supposed can to go get back
3: series at all? Or if, that was with, if they get in trouble?
0: I think that's the if they get in trouble well, that's not. The yeah. They're thing. calling it game I, I, by game, but that's I think, the case. I think somebody's going to have an off-shooting night. Um, I don't think Draymond's going to be as effective as he was Last night uh, with a triple double. Last night, uh, impressive triple double. He actually took over the franchise lead for playoff triple doubles for the Golden State Warriors. With I believe, I believe it's three. I think that's, I think that's the number. But um, I don't think he's going to be as effective. And I think Clay might have an off shooting night. Uh, what you're
1: saying is we're going to be looking. So they at they might Golden sneak State. Out one. We're looking at Golden State Houston for the yeah, conference yeah, finals. Yeah,
0: yeah, All Big right. picture is. Yeah. Let's
1: move on to the East. Cleveland powers through Indianapolis. Uh, Indianapolis, Cleveland powers to the indiana pacers in game seven that was actually today so i think that was a one o'clock game was. we actually watched that in a restaurant earlier and they will Stadium. play cleveland will play toronto which is actually the number one seed in the east um so they will have home court advantage anybody have any thoughts about the uh the series against the pacers and the upcoming series against the raptors ty i'll let you start off
0: i think it's going to be interesting to watch a I- I mean, LeBron obviously did it all. He did. This he, I mean, he I mean,
3: really did I've it all. i got a LeBron factor He led in like one. every category. Yeah. Go yeah. ahead, LeBron Ron. James, for the first time in his career, <laughs> against the Pacers, Won a playoff series without a teammate scoring 20 points in any of the seven games. If that is not, his back has got to be this killing him. This is
1: ridiculous. He, he is said ridiculous. today, I
3: am tired. I am going
0: home. I'm getting rest. You won't see me coming out tomorrow. I am going to bed. As Jake
3: McKay always said. He looked said, at the coach and
1: said, I ain't coming out. So, I mean, as
3: Jake McKay always said, his back is killing him. It has yeah. to be. Let's let's easy with the comparison. But
0: yes, yeah, so, okay. So, yeah. so
1: LeBron, you Boy, you his know. head's as big already big as it is. Absolutely. That's it, Absolutely.
0: Is right. But LeBron uh, is going to have to put on those kind of performances night in and night out against Toronto. Uh, I do think he has the mental, um, of course, uh, mental edge over Toronto. Oh yeah, I think the, team. I think the team. The team in... should
1: have the mental edge over Toronto.
0: Absolutely. Well, I, but I think I think he is in Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan's head um, more so than. You know, Cleveland has in their head that they can beat Toronto. I, I just think I think LeBron just serves as just a big bully to
3: them. Well, yeah, Skip Bayless, the noted LeBron hater, has picked Cleveland to sweep Toronto. My God! Interestingly enough, no, uh, there's no shot. I don't think there's a chance. But I'm, I'm not sure. Who I, I'm not even sure in who in I'm picking. picking this series,
1: give
0: me Toronto.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: I'm, I'm with Elliot on this. One. All
1: right, Elliot. Uh, thoughts on Cleveland? Thoughts on daddy? Thoughts on Cleveland. <laughs> Let's move this along. I'm tired, of I'm tired of talking about this topic already.
2: <laughs> I'm going tie. I think it'll be interesting to watch. DeMar DeRozan and Kyle Lowry, yeah, they, he may be in his head, but they won't back down. No, no. And they're, they're, they're a much better team than Indiana. They proved that all season long by securing the number one seed. They didn't necessarily play up to par against the Wizards, but no. I'm looking for both of these series to be a wake-up call for these two teams, and I think you'll see a much higher level of basketball in this series.
1: All right. I'm just going to say that uh, I kind of – I think Ty is right. They, LeBron does have the mental edge over here. Um, they have beat them repeatedly, not only in the playoffs – or not only in the regular season, but they have beat them in the playoffs before. Um, they don't have Kyrie as they had in the past, and Kevin Love is not, in my opinion, the player that uh, he once was. Tristan Thompson did have a nice outing today, though, by the way. they're right is just bad. Them. Well, it's – it's a bunch of shooters, and and really, if you're going to say the roster's bad, you can blame LeBron. But I'm, I'm not that. doubting that. Totally the agree. GM I'm... says he is the GM. Please. He's the coach. But if I, I I want us to make our picks for these uh, for this series, especially before it starts, um, really, it's it's tough for me. I I can't sit here and say I want to pick the Raptors so bad, and not not because I don't. I, it's not that I hate LeBron. I like to see new teams in it. Um, eventually, I'm going to root for the Sixers anyway.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: So I really, for this series, I, I could care less. But I'm going to pick. Uh, what the hell? I, I'll pick the Raptors in seven because I think, even though I think the Raptors are more talented, I'm like I I, I do agree with Ty that LeBron is going to do so much in every game. He is going to. He's not going to let this thing end quietly. Like he's, he, I don't think they're going to go away easy against no matter who they play, unless it was like the Warriors, the Rockets, in which case that's too much. But a team like the Raptors, he's going to push them to the very edge. I'm just going to take the Raptors in seven because they're at home. What, what the
3: hell? I'll contrast you, and I'm not going to doubt Dad until it actually happens. So I'm going to take LeBron in six. LeBron <laughs> in six. I noticed you
0: say LeBron
1: in six. LeBron in six. LeBron 6. Ty, what's your pick?
0: This is going to surprise a lot of people. And if Austin Alger's is out there listening, look, I still love LeBron. Oh, he'll be listening. Just as much he'll as be he listening. Oh, he'll I, I honestly think that Toronto is going to take this in 6. I, just, I Really? I, I really do. I think LeBron.
1: Finishing LeBron out in Cleveland?
0: Yeah, that, and he, he will be gone.
3: Oh, he's I, gone. he's gone. He's gone.
0: I don't know where he's going, but he's going somewhere. And, and Colin Cowher said it best. Don't get, don't get mad at him. Don't burn jerseys. He's, no. done, he, he's done everything he you've asked nothing. Him. He owes him absolutely nothing.
2: Early favorites. Right, did you already pick Phil? I did not pick.
1: All right, I'm, give us your pick.
2: I'm agreeing with Robbie. I'm taking LeBron in six. I think the key matchups here, mm. LeBron can kind of limit DeMar DeRozan. George Hill can limit Kyle Lowry. And that's where they do their damage. And I think that's where Cleveland's two best defenders are. So I don't think it matches up well for Toronto.
3: At some point, yeah. Kevin. He's
2: LeBron's got the point with up. the
1: matchups. What about Eunice lynch Eunice? He's obviously the best post player in this series, right? Certainly. I don't consider him Certainly, a really yeah. post presence.
2: Think, I think Tristan Thompson's presence at the rim, physical presence, I should say, can at least bother him enough to yeah. limit his well, Larry
0: Nance can kind of chip in as well.
2: I look for Nance to match up with Ibaka. That's that's how I think that works out.
1: All right, so to finish out uh, to our seventh inning stretch, we've got a couple of minutes left here. Let's talk about Boston uh, advancing. They actually won um, – was that last night as well?
3: Yeah, they, Boston won last night. Yeah, the game we seven, tried to go
1: to seven games. Milwaukee. They'll actually end up playing the Sixers, who a lot of people are saying now is the favorite in the East. Um, I don't have any thoughts on Boston beating Milwaukee except that the better coached team, uh, the more veteran team, won. I love Giannis Antetokounmpo. I can't wait to see what he does in the league. But I think the. do did you get on him? He disappeared in Game Seven. I think the. Well, I mean, there's a that's a bit of a difference. I think eleven points.
3: I think it was embarrassing for the Bucks, especially without Kyrie. They got beat by a second-year player in Jalen Brown, who emerged, and Jason Tatum. Well, it's not
1: a good loss, but they're they're a young team. They're well, a, the Celtics little are little, very young. They are. They are. But I also think that they have the second-best coach in the entire league. Yes. yes,
3: yes. So, Some could say first. But
1: but they're going to play the Sixers.
3: Any thoughts? I mean, thoughts on the 76ers? On the homer. Please. Thoughts on the 76ers? Thoughts on the Sixers, yes. I think. ESPN has the Celtics' favorite 51% to 49 I don't believe it because of Kyrie's out. I'll now, Boston
1: has the home court, right?
3: Yeah, but I'll take the Sixers, and we'll go six with that.
1: Rob, Sixers and six with the upset.
3: And going to be hard for Horford to handle. Oh, yeah. Sixers and five. What and.
1: about the young matchup? We've got Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. Against Ben Simmons, Joe L and B. This yeah, is gonna yeah, be yeah. a fun could series. could yeah, a yeah, real
0: interesting Sixers and five.
1: Could be the future <laughs> uh,
0: could be the future of the East. Hey, it's gonna be a fun series. It it's, is gonna be a fun It's one gonna one.
1: be a fun series to watch. Give me Sixers and Six.
2: I think right. that's how it ends.
1: Sixers and six. You know what? Uh I'll take the Celtics and seven. Just you know, I think I, I like the Sixers. I think they are a very talented team. Um, I actually think they might have the best uh chance at beating a team like Cleveland because of all the talent they have, but just for disagreement's sake, uh, I'll say that the Celtics win in seven. I'd say Brad Stevens puts out one of the best coaching performances in history, and they show that um, that, that young – I mean, I'm usually against young teams winning, but both of these teams are young. So I guess Al Horford would be the captain for the Celtics and the leader for the Sixers. I, I think the oldest one is like I, I do think this J. J., is
3: huh? more the Eastern Conference Finals. I think whoever comes out of this series beats Cleveland or Toronto.
1: Yeah. So i go Celtics and seven. Everyone else has the Sixers and five or six. Um, Ty finish out the seventh in straps stress by just giving us a, a quick update on what the hockey playoffs are looking like. And then uh, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be back with the two minute drill.
0: Yeah. If you guys, uh, if you guys want to start following hockey or if you just want to listen to what I, what I have to say, I do love the NHL. Um, so just a really quick update on what's going on. Uh, New Jersey barely made it into the playoffs this year. So, uh, It always cracks me up. It's like, okay, yeah, we made the playoffs, but now we get to play the number one team. So you got to go play Stephen Stamkos in Tampa, Tampa, and you got knocked out of there in five. So uh, see you later. So that that's that's over with. Boston also beat Toronto in a really good game or a really good series in seven. Um, But the Bruins did go on to beat Tampa last night six to two. Had some big goals from their newly acquired um, Rick Nash and just the pain in the butt Brad Marchand. He's just a pest. Yeah, there's actually a gif if you go on Twitter look it up it's uh, Brad Marchand it's spelled M-A-R-C-H-A-N-D um, the, he has a book in front of his face that says who's a pest drops the book and there's his face so uh, that's all you need to know about that Caps ended up beating the Blue Jackets in six after losing the first two um, really impressive comeback there one off four straight Pittsburgh beats Philly in six Philly uh, as only Philly fans can do. We're raining on the ice with um, beers and trash and all other sorts of nice things. Philly would never do that. Philly would never do that, never, right? they do never. that all the time. They I'm even snowballed Santa, Santa one time. <laughs> Pittsburgh uh, took game one in Washington. So tonight, or I guess this was uh, today. Yeah, it was today, wasn't
1: it? Uh, it might have been yesterday. Capitals,
3: today.
0: It was today. Yeah. It was today at 3 o'clock. Yeah, yep. it was today at 3 o'clock. Uh, big big time, uh, I saw a stat uh, no team has ever gone down 0-2 in both of their first series um, and won the second series. Uh, so uh, Washington definitely needed this one. Uh, they did take it. Um, Pittsburgh in first game actually took uh, three goals in five minutes, uh, but uh, the Caps responded well today with a four-to-one victory. Winnipeg Jets beat Minnesota in five. James, you're the newly acquired uh, Minnesota team, so you picked a. You picked a pretty good team. You're not front-running just yet. They're in the playoffs, but they're not quite there yet. Uh, but Winnipeg started to gain a little respect. Um, Predators obviously beat the Avalanche. They did struggle a little bit in six. Um, their, their goalie, who's widely known as one of the better ones in the, in the league, Pecorine, has been struggling here in the playoffs so far. Um, Jets took game one, four to one. Uh, we actually just watched uh, the second, I guess that was this double overtime game um, tonight. Nashville took that one. Uh, Vegas, the, the new team in the league, the, the expansion team, um, had the best, best record in the league this year. They came in and they swept the LA Kings uh, in their first round. San Jose Sharks uh, are their opponents after they took down the physical Anaheim Ducks. Anaheim Ducks are a scary team to take on in the playoffs. They've got some big size up front. Uh, Golden Knights took took game one from the Sharks now, 7 to nothing. Um, but, uh, the Sharks bounced back in double overtime. Uh, I guess this was yesterday. Uh, after a disallowed goal from Vegas in the first overtime, so that was quite a good ball game there, too. Series is tied 1-1 there. Uh, Vegas is looking like the early favorite for me, so, um, they, they, they just showed really no weaknesses. Uh, I thought the, the Sharks were very lucky to, to escape with a the game there, um, so Vegas in, Vegas in seven in the Stanley Cup playoffs versus whoever they, whoever well, they, they take they on. If they
3: end up winning this thing, somebody's going to cash in because their odds were very high in Vegas. Oh, absolutely! Season. they were the expansion teams, yeah. right? Yeah, they, they were expected changed. to be like last. That's incredible. Yeah, yep. that's a good story. I will guarantee
1: that the owners will... If they ever do another expansion team, the owners will change the, draft the way the draft process. They do not want that to happen. <laughs> That's our hockey update, though. Uh, Thanks, Ty, for that. The rest of us just simply aren't that informed. Um, we're going to take our last break of the show. When we come back, we've got a two-minute warning. Uh, I think Ty's got a pretty good rant in store for us. Uh, we'll recap. Uh, me and Robbie will recap what happened in Boston this weekend as we took a trip up to Fenway Park. And then we'll close up the show. So we'll be right back. we're back to, nine to Five sports. It's about the end of our show. We're going to get the two minute drill. And today's two minute drill is what I assume is going to be a rant. This is going to be fun because nobody on this panel even knows what this rant is going to be about. Um, we're going to give this one to Ty. He's going to have about two minutes to rant or discuss about any topic that he desires. And then we'll close out the show. So Ty, take it away.
0: In a world obsessed with comparing players, can we please, please, dear God, slow down a little bit? Yankees fans, this is directed right at you. And I know we have two in here with us tonight. Uh, Over the past two weeks, I don't know how many times I've seen or heard, whether it be through Twitter or just straight ignorance from Yankee fans, that DD Gregorius is a better player than Derek Jeter. From Yankee fans... (laughs) From Yankee fans, this is the part that's getting me. Are you kidding me? The fact that you guys would totally disrespect the face of your franchise for 20 years is embarrassing. I understand that DeDe has had an unbelievable year and some and, and some change. This year he's having an awesome start to the year with the Yanks. But good grief, Jeter is a lifetime 310 hitter, a 14-time All-Star, the Rookie of the Year in 96, over 3,400 hits in his career, and most importantly, the captain of all five World Series that he won for you guys. You're going to throw all that away for a guy that hadn't won you a daggone thing, has made one All Star team, and has never hit over 300 in a full season just because he's starting out 354 with 10 jacks in the first year, or first month of the year. Let me make this extremely clear. I understand how excited you are about how good he's looked the past couple of years, and I'm definitely not saying that you can't proudly boast about him, but please do it responsibly. It's like drinking. Do it responsibly. Don't talk down on Jeter, especially after he took over the Marlins and gave you, just handed it over, the 2017 NL MVP and Giancarlo Stanton, please, dear Lord. That'll do it for me.
1: Ty, that was just, that was fantastic. That really got out of hand quick. It did. But that was brilliant. Thank you for our two-minute drill from Ty Homer folks that's all we got for this week's episode of nine to five sports we want to thank you or we want to again thank our special guest aaron campbell for coming on and talking fantasy and most important we want to thank you the listeners for tuning in to our new sports podcast be sure to tell your friends and family about us so that they can tune in next time with that being said i'm Jarrett mckay and from the panel here at nine to five sports we'll see you next week